I need you to join in with the books of the Bible on three. One, two, three. Romans, 
1 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 Thessalonians, 1 Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, James, 1 Peter, 1 John, 3 John, Jude, Jesus loves me. of this year. 
year for our congregation here at Boone. Boone is what? 413. Let's sing it. I can do all things to Christ and strength and verse that we can see from anybody God made everything. Hebrews what? No. Hebrews 3 and 4. Not one, but 
say thank you for being here tonight and uh, we are so honored that you're here especially if you're visiting with us it is November so we are beginning a new quarter in our teaching program and you probably already are aware of the fact that all adult classes are going to be meeting here uh, in the
or so we're going to be studying leadership in the church. This is going to be a combined class, so it's not going to be offered again. So I encourage you, if you can, to be a part of that. However, we also were looking for a time that JT and I could present about the trip that we took in October. He and I planned to go to Guyana to work in Maracabai, October the 4th through the 13th. And so tonight, I'm going to be given a presentation about that. Uh, GT, JT is, of course, home with Linda. She had knee surgery recently. So I'm going to do my best to share with you what we did. Understand that all this is done from my perspective. I'm not trying to give a general um, presentation of all that happened with everybody who went. I just want to share with you what happened with JT and myself. And I'll give you a little bit of background. In 2017, when I was preaching at Summerdale, Summerdale was uh, the home of Jerry Davidson, who heads up the Amerindian work in Guyana. And many of you probably helped build or fill containers that you sent down to Somerdale, and then we sent those in containers on a ship, and then they unloaded it there in Guyana. Well, I went on really the last trip that Jerry actually was able to undertake, but this was the first time that I had been on the field there in Guyana, although I'd been on many other kinds of mission trips, never been here. Always heard about it, looked forward to it. But on that trip, I was paired up with J.T. Beard. And when I came home, I told Anita, I said, I have just met the best personal worker I've ever met in my whole life. He impressed me so much. Now, here we are again going to Guyana, and J.T. wanted to go. So I just, I don't know how to tell it to you other than it was just a tremendous honor and privilege not only to be able to go on that trip but to be able to go with JT. This may have been his last trip down there but I'm just telling you JT is a treasure for this congregation and um, it just helped, helped me immensely and uh, don't let him fool you. He is a hearty individual. That guy 
is going from the time the sun is up until it's down. And a lot of, a lot of the perspective of these photographs is me following JT. I'll just go ahead and tell you. Okay, I, I'm just, what I'm gonna do, I'm just gonna turn around and sit down with you and I'm gonna basically narrate uh, the pictures that I have for us tonight, okay? So this, this, is, this is the picture, you know where you live, but there's Guyana in the northern part of South America. It butts up against several countries, but one that's pretty significant there is Brazil. Um, these folks that we go to are called Amerindians. There are nine different tribes of Amerindians. These are the indigenous peoples of South, uh, the northern part of South America. And they make up basically nine different tribes and each one of those tribes speaks their own dialect. Well, all of them speak English, so it makes it very easily, easy to do mission work in this area. Now, before we were scheduled to leave on October the 4th. JT was gonna drive his vehicle, we're gonna take JT's vehicle, leave it there at the airport in the parking lot and then fly and come back and drive his vehicle. Well, that necessity, since our flight left at six o'clock, you have to be there a couple hours early and it takes two hours to get to Memphis from here. I got up at 1.30 in the morning, got ready, had my bags out there, JT's ready. I drove his car to Memphis. We get up to the desk. I'm trying to put in my flight information, it won't go. So finally, I have to go up to the desk well, guess what? Somehow or other, I had my itinerary, but I did not have purchased tickets. Well, to make a long story short, we ended up leaving the desk, coming back home. I had to call Roger Comstock, who was in charge of this trip. He worked it all out with the travel agent. We finally got our tickets. The only difference was the normal trip was from Memphis to Miami, then to Georgetown, Guyana. So we get up again, 1.30 in the morning, drag out my bags, get to Memphis, set the car, go to the desk. Oh boy, we checked in, everything's fine, except now our flight goes from Memphis to New York City, then from New York City down to um, Miami, and then Miami to Georgetown. That meant that for the whole trip to go from where we were to Guyana, we got up uh, basically at 1.30 in the morning and the flight arrived in Georgetown, Guyana at 11 p.m. So we flew basically all day. Our purpose in going had different parts to it. We want to edify the church. The church has been established in the village of Maracaba for over 20 years. The preacher for the church there in that village is actually the Tushal. That's the name for the chief. Not only is the, he the Tushal for his particular village, but he's known as the Tushal of Tushals. That is, not only is he the Tushal of his village, but he is the Tushal of all of the Tushals in all of the Amerindian um, nations. So he has a very powerful position and it is, it is a blessing and a curse at the same time for such a powerful man to be the preacher for that location given that he has to travel quite a bit. In that village, there is not only the, 
the church existing, there's an Anglican church and also a Pentecostal church. So we're going with this in mind. Here we are arriving in Guyana. Look how happy and fit and excited we are. Can't wait to knock this thing out. We have been flying all day long. We are weary travelers. But we meet Sunil, that's the man in the middle there. Sunil is basically the contact for any work that's done in Guyana for Amerindian missions. He was the contact man when Jerry Davidson was in charge and he has just kind of uh, worked his way into the same function for uh, Roger's work among the Amerindians. He sets up a lot of the travel, he makes sure there are vans and uh, resources available like carrying water and food and just takes care of all of the logistics in Guyana. He's kind of the point man. Well, since we were not able to meet up with the team as had originally be scheduled, since we were one day behind, we had to stay with Sue Neal and his wife, Jessica, and that's their son in the back there. That's their son, Stephen. We spent the night at their house and then woke up to a delicious breakfast. Sitting at the table there is actually Danny Ramdahl. Danny is one of the men that we support in Guyana. He is a preacher down there and just a, a fine, fine young man. He's also on our prayer list in that he has stage four kidney failure. Uh, here we are at the, look at that stack of bacon. Whoa, I'm thinking this is going to be a great trip. Uh, had a nice, nice meal there and good fellowship. This is the outside of their house. All the houses are packed in tight there in Georgetown. This is the van that we're going to drive for one hour uh, on, through Georgetown, which is a pretty nice city. We're going to drive through Georgetown out to a, a dock area, then we're gonna load onto a boat. So we're loading our stuff onto the van and getting ready to travel for an hour. Well, we get to our destination and all of a sudden, boom! I mean, just as we arrived, boom! Well, something blew up there. So they started trying to figure out what it could be. Apparently one of the hoses ruptured. Nevertheless, it's okay, because we're getting on a boat, so who needs the van? So we just left it behind. Here we are making our way across the bridge there on those sturdy timbers and making our way to the dock. Uh, here are our, our boats that we're going to be traveling for two hours on. Well, here's the thing. It depends on what town you're in as what this river is called. When we were in Marakabai, guess what the name of this river is? Marakabai River. Every time we stopped, we'd say, now, what's the name of this river? <laughs> Whatever town you're in, they said, that's our river. So I'm not real sure what this river is called. I, I know I'm looking at it. It looks really brown, right? You think, boy, that is a muddy, muddy river. But it is not. And I'm going to show you here a little bit later exactly what the water's like. That is not mud. It is basically tea. Uh, all of the vegetation comes right to the water. There are no banks. The, wa the, the vegetation comes right to the water. It is it's always in the water. It dies in the water. And as a result of that, it basically stains the water, this dark color. It's, it's beautiful, like being in the swamp. Uh, this is uh, one of the boats. That, that boat there on the right-hand side, that is the boat I'm going to be riding in. Can you hardly wait? 
Okay, that's the bridge we just walked over. This is kind of the meeting area. We hung out there for a while, getting our sunburn started. We load the boat. That's my boat there on the right. Back here, there's JT. There I am. Oh, it's going to be so fun. Look at that little girl. She's like, uh-uh, no, no. There we go. JT's excited. Can't wait to go. Fired up. And here we go. Very, very nice wide section. Still wide. But notice how the vegetation, all of it just comes to the water, dying in, in the water. Uh, by the way, there are piranha here in the water and also uh, caiman alligators. Okay. Uh, there were two boats of us. We were in the faster boat. This is the slower boat. There were some kids over there in that boat. They decided they wanted to be in our boat, so we transferred them a little bit. Here's some shots of homes along the way. Still excited. This, we're moving at a, around 25 miles an hour. It was a 54-mile trip on the water. We had to stop here in order to get some supplies, so they just basically run up along the bank, get their supplies, and we're headed out. And part of the supplies we got were these four little kids who stayed right there on the bow of the boat the entire time. You'll see occasionally fires along the vegetation. That's the most efficient way to get rid of the overgrowth. So you see that quite often. Villages all along the banks of the water. Now it starts narrowing in as we're getting closer to the village where we're staying. And then it gets closer and narrower and we're we are flying through here. You, you can't tell it by this picture. We're still, he is going sideways in this boat as he's navigating these turns and kids hanging on. And now we're coming into the village. This is the first side of it here on the left. And we're headed toward the further section there where those boats are stationed. There's a nice bridge that goes across it. And then here is our landing. There are two what are called binobs. Binobs are meeting places. This is the newer, smaller banab. We did not use that one. Uh, we used the older, larger one that's on into the camp. This is actually the church building there in Marakabai. We did not use the church building for any of our activities. Just wanted to let you know it may be that you helped build this at some time in the past. Well, okay. Here's, what, here's how JT is. We, we arrive, uh, so, so we're on the flight all day long, uh, get there 11 p.m., arrive, then take a van drive. It was 1230 before we ever got in Sunil's house and got to bed. We got up at six o'clock to get breakfast and then head out here to get on the boat. Man, I'm exhausted. As soon as we land, we haven't even hardly gotten our bags into uh, our, our rooms. And JT is like, let's go. And so we're already looking for Bible studies. Everywhere we went, oops, going backwards. Everywhere we went, we were asking for Bible studies. We're walking down paths and coming to, uh, they're working in their, in their garden. Hey, uh, where do you go to church? Uh, what, what, you know, kind of getting interest in a Bible study. Uh, every night, Okay, so here's the basic rundown. I'll go ahead and give it to you. Every morning we got up at 7, well, I got up at 6.30 and made preparations for the day. We had breakfast at 7.30. We had a devotional period at 8.30, and then we were gone all day long outside walking those paths and greeting folks in their homes for Bible studies. At night we would gather together 
at 6 for supper, and then 7 o'clock we would start a campaign. That included two speakers. One was an Amerindian speaker, one was an American speaker. I don't have any pictures of myself speaking, but I spoke three times, uh, three different nights, a Saturday night, a Monday night, and a Tuesday night. I led singing on a Friday night and uh, Tuesday night. So here, uh, I'm sorry, I spoke on, on Friday, Sunday, and Monday nights. Okay, so uh, every night, kids would kind of gather up, get ready. Um, uh, to the left is one of our uh, American campaign workers. That's Brian Hall. In the middle there is James Pendley. Sitting down with glasses on his head is William Hill, and they were making preparations for the evening service. We always had lots of young kids, and while the two-hour service was going on, we also had another building that was used for teaching the children. Uh, one of our ladies, Jennifer, Jennifer Wernley, was in charge of that. Okay, so here uh, James is leading singing, and we're uh, partaking in the evening service. Uh, this fellow that's speaking right here, this is uh, Simon Foster. You know, I was telling you the story about 2017 when I met JT. Well, when we went into the savannah in Napi, which is near the Brazil, the southern part of Guyana, on the northern border with Brazil, uh, Simon Foster was the native Ameri Amerindian who was assigned to JT and I to help navigate that savannah because you would travel miles before you ever found a house. So this was kind of a neat little reunion for all of us getting back together. Um, this is Colonel uh, Ricky Hagen. He spoke on that first night that we were there and he was also part of our group. Interesting enough, turns out, we had a colonel from the army, and we also had a major general, that's who William Hill was, a major general from the Air Force on our team. Felt pretty secure, to be honest with you. Uh, this is the Tushau. This, um, this brother is, uh, Brother Derek, he is the Tushau of Tushaus, but he is also the minister for the Marakaba congregation. This is one of the men that we support, uh, Brother Glenn. Now, I'll be, Lord willing, I'll be sharing a video that I made for him, Glenn Brown. Uh, we support him and Brother Danny Ramdahl every month. And so he was a, he was a big part of our meeting. This is actually one of the morning devotionals before we spent the day. There's William Hill, our Major General. And then there's Roger Comstock. He spoke for us a few months ago. Uh, he led our campaign. This is the gathering for the devotional in the morning. So this is all of our workers we're going to be using to go out into the village and to do Bible studies. Uh, several different things. Yes, we were doing Bible studies because we were able to find several that that uh, were not members of the church and were interested in studying the Bible with us. But this has been a, a village that's, you know, been, been canvassed many times before. Uh, the church is very strong here. And so not only were we looking for Bible studies for folks, we're also looking to restore some members who had gone astray.
It's our group. Okay, so like I said, it doesn't matter. You walk up to a house, JT is looking for a Bible study. It's hot there. It's 90 degrees all day long with the sun beating down. Feels like it's 120 degrees in the sun. At night, it cools down by basically two degrees and it'll be around 88. So it is hot all the time. The very first day that I was there riding on that river, I got the worst sunburn I've had in a long time. And I just babied that sunburn all week long. But you know what you got to do? You got to suck it up, buttercup. And we're going here looking for Bible studies. Now, I mentioned it's hot. Guess what the natives do in the heat of the day? They take a break. They take siestas. Everybody rests when it's hot like that. Not JT and I. No, sir. We're not taking any breaks. Make sure you got enough water, Ken, because we're going. And water. You know, when you think about drinking water or taking one of those drink packs, pouring it down into water. Mmm, that tastes so good. So good and cold. Oh, I just love it. I love it cold. But I did not have a cold drink of any kind for that entire week. I mean, water, warm water is awful. And it's even worse when you put those, <laughs> when you put those drink packets in it. It's like, yuck. But you're thirsty and you got to hydrate. So what are you going to do? Uh, can we get a Bible study with you? Great. Um, they're pretty well technologically advanced here in Morocco by Village. They have huge generators. They have solar panels everywhere. They have ways to treat water. I wouldn't drink it, but they do treat it and um, pretty, well, pretty well established. They also have radio system out there. This is way out in the middle of nowhere. See all this sand? I just thought this was interesting. Lots of sand everywhere you go, even right up against the uh, river. And the reason why is because that place floods a lot during the rainy season. Okay. Oh, <laughs> okay. So we run up on these, these uh, women that are working in the cassava. Cassava is kind of a starchy plant. They beat it out into, uh, the, well, they cook it, then they stew it. It turns, they then dehydrate it, make it into a powder. It's like, it's basically like flour. So they're out there working and JT walks us like, hey, put your hands up there. Put your hands down. Put your hands up. Who wants a Bible study? Oh, you know, they already got their hand up. Uh, just, I'm telling you, he's, he's a wild man. So uh, some of those interested. Um, these, are, these are some of the houses that are around. Uh, not typical. Uh, must have been a wealthy business owner. Actually, where you see the opening there, when you go inside, there's a makeshift store where they will sell supplies for the villagers. But I'm, I'm guessing that, that that's a pretty lucrative deal. Uh, we were able to get a Bible study uh, with the folks in this home. This, this is a young lady. You can't really tell it. She's looking through the, the mesh there. But we had a Bible study with her for the next day. We came back the next day. She was there. Her mother was there. Her mother is the one who stepped in the way. She did not want her daughter, who was 16, studying with us. Uh, what's the problem? Well, the lady that was standing in the way of having the Bible study with her is actually a member of the church. But she had fallen away and she had some problems uh, with the preacher, the Tushau. And as a result of that, because of her personal issues with him, she would not allow her daughter. She sent her away from this village so that we could not study with her. We found another lady um, and these houses are, are in close vicinity of one another. So we just passed from one house to the other. Um, we talked with her. We had a Bible study with some young people that don't live at her house, but had passed through and were available for a Bible study. Guys up there working on something, JT's like, hey man, how you doing? 
well, we're doing Bible studies here in the village and find out, well, he's a member of the church. You know, it's hot. We don't like to drink our warm water. What's the next best thing? I don't know about you, but I love fresh coconut water. So this guy had some coconuts. They're members of the church. So he, he got us a coconut to drink and they just basically take the machete, chop it so you can get a hole and drink that water out of there. It, it is, oh, it is so good. And it's cold in the, in the coconut. And uh, that, that woman's name is Elizabeth. She kind of runs the place there. And uh, she was happy to make the presentation of the coconut to JT. Uh, you see this construction all around here? Look, you don't need a sawmill. You don't need a place to process your lumber. What they do, you see that chainsaw? That is the lumber processing unit right there. They cut the trees down and they use that chainsaw in order to produce all of the lumber. All that lumber you see right there, that was cut with chainsaws. All those slabs of lumber down there, cut with a chainsaw. Every last bit of that is done with a chainsaw. You see the tongue and groove? He's gonna make lap siding, guess how he made that? With a chainsaw, there he goes, just ripping it. Hey, how about a Bible study? Absolutely, wherever we found them, we were getting Bible studies. So the first day we were there trying to get the Bible studies, second day now we've made appointments, we're having our studies. These folks came to the conclusion that they were lost, not because of what we said, we're working off these sheets, uh, just basically have Bible scriptures to read, you read the scriptures, you write it down with your own hand, you can draw your own conclusion. Every single one of those individuals right there concluded that they were lost and need to be baptized. Well, see, here's water. What hinders you from being baptized? Hey, can we come back tomorrow? We'll definitely be baptized tomorrow. We just got some stuff to take care of. So we came back the next, next day to meet them for the baptism and they had moved on to another village. Knowing, by the way, that they are lost. Uh, this is, this is, you saw where we were there underneath. We're in, under that house right there having our Bible study. In the shade. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, uh, JT, the politician, you know, oh, what a pretty baby. Love babies. Hey, would you like to have a Bible study? <laughs> it's just like crazy. Okay, so these folks, wow, this is a great story because we had terrific Bible studies with Anthony and Daisy. Daisy's in the yellow top. Anthony is standing beside her. Uh, all of these folks here are dependents of theirs. They live in the house with them. What a beautiful family. In fact, that's their son that's crouched down there and their, uh, his girlfriend that he has a baby with, uh, they're down there. Well, the reason that he's not married to her is because dad's not married to mom. They've been in this relationship all their adult life, never been married, never saw the need to get married. And so we had a Bible study with Anthony and Daisy. Oh, they just, wow. Oh, yes. Um, well, we need to repent before we're baptized. Hey, uh, what's, your, what's your living situation here? Well, we're not married. Um, you have any plans to get married? Yes, he says get married in a year. I said, well, what did the Bible say about the situation that you're in? Oh, we're in fornication. We're in sin. We're going to lose our souls. Oh, but you know you could obey the gospel upon repentance and have your sins washed away. Yes, wouldn't that be wonderful? It would. Her eyes light up like, we're gonna have a wedding tomorrow. Yes, that's amazing. But he never would do it, never would commit. He's been with this woman his entire adult life. 
has children that are now old enough to be married and have babies, but he don't love her enough to marry her. And not only that, to obey the gospel and her to obey the gospel. She attended the campaign every single night. She is a frequent attender there at the church, but because of their situation, will not obey the gospel. So I said, we have meals. Um, on the end there is Androni. Androni is actually the wife of the Tushal, and she was our cook for the week. And so uh, this is kind of the layout. And I'll, I'll generally tell you what, what we were doing. We had rice. We had noodles of some kind. We would have some curry with chopped up chicken. And when I say chopped up, I mean chopped up. It looked like they took a chicken and a cleaver and just started whacking at it. That's, it's bony, splintered up bones, and you don't know what you're eating, except it tastes like chicken. And then the other thing there on the end was a pudding-like something that had a cherry-like something on it. I don't know. It was okay. And then also, I don't see it in this one, but typically there was some variation on a hot dog. And what I mean by that is hot dog with some kind of spices on it, a little bit different every time. We even had hot dog pizza one night. Uh, this was Roger in one of our campaigns at night. Um, we had several respondents on a case. Well, yeah, okay, this is the night I spoke. There were four who responded. They're all members of the church. Uh, we prayed for them. Uh, here they are. Uh, and then that's, uh, um, that's our uh, two shall right there. Of course, he's the leader of the church. Uh, here is one of our, okay, in the back there, of course, is James Pindley. On the left-hand side is Caro. He is one of our Amerindian workers. They had studied with this young man and had baptized him that day. Uh, here's another meal. Oh, also, we've got some watermelon there. Um, you see some of the hot dogs there. They're sliced up there, uh, some of that, and eggs. Uh, they had some of the nicest looking chickens I've ever seen anywhere. Uh, I don't know. If you've ever been to Guyana, usually the chickens look terrible. These chickens look great. In fact, the chickens we ate were actually brought in. Uh, this is where we stayed inside this building. It's a block building. It has no circulation in it. It heats up all day long, gets to be like 150 degrees, and then you go in there and go to sleep. This is the building where we met the large Benob. That's basically where everything took place and much more comfortable because of the thatch roof and so forth. It stayed relatively cool. This is outside that, looking toward the center. This is a typical setup of houses around. I know we saw some that were pretty fine looking. This is relatively typical. These ladies are working in the cassava, making the bread and so forth, pounding it out. Here's another Bible study that we had. Um, we got him to the point where he said, you know what, I'm lost. I don't even have a girlfriend, have no hang up like that. You, I need to be baptized, there's no doubt about that. We went through the whole thing. He's convicted of his sin, needs to repent. No, I'm not gonna do it. Wait, why? As he was debating his circumstances, here his friend comes along and says, hey buddy, you know, you should be baptized, you really should. Yeah, I should. And I'm like, you know, if you're not baptized, what will happen to you? Well, I'm lost. You're lo you know what lost means? He understood what lost meant. I said, what is the problem? He said, I don't know, man. I said, are there some sins that you haven't committed you want to commit first? And he's like, yeah. I was like, 
wow, okay, all right, well, we, we're still hopeful with him. But his friend, Nathan there, he was very hospitable, and he brought us this. This is green banana porridge, green banana porridge. It is interesting. Uh, it looks like liquid, but when you drink it, it's more like a thick, pasty something. And the more you, closer you get to the bottom, the chunkier it gets. But it was, it was pretty good, pretty good. Uh, here, okay, I told you, look, what's he doing? He's cutting off some planks to go build him something. You don't need a sawmill out there. We got a chainsaw. We got all that we need. Uh, there's, you know what that is down there on that chair? That's a parrot. They're running around wild and free out there. This one posed for me. I said, hey, buddy, uh, Paula, want a cracker? You better pose. And he said, okay, no problem, buddy. Uh, there's, uh, you, do you feel hot? Do you feel hot? That's how we're feeling it. From the, from the time we arrived until the time we left, we are drenched in sweat 24 hours a day. You are damp all the time. It is hot, unrelentingly hot all the time. Even we have Bible study. So we're having a Bible study. Uh, this is the son and his girlfriend with the, the baby. This is, his name is um, Anthony. So Andrew's son, Anthony, Andrew and Daisy's son, Anthony, and then his girlfriend, Shania, have this little baby right here. They get to the end of our Bible study. They want to obey the gospel. Oh, can you tell me something about your living arrangements? Well, it's just like mom and dad. What about getting married? No, well, you know, you know, uh, well, what's your spiritual condition? Well, we're lost. We need to obey the gospel. I, I don't know about you. This broke my heart over and over and over. And I stopped one time. I said, JT, you know what? We come in here. We do Bible studies with these people who are happy and content <laughs> in their ignorance. We tell them the truth and we leave them knowing that they're lost. I said, we, we are professionals at taking the joy right out of these people's lives. This is Pebbles. <laughs> is their bunny rabbit pet. So Pebbles was hearing the gospel. He didn't obey it either. Uh, I took this picture to remind myself of what it feels like to be hot, hot, hot. So hot, I can't even imagine ever not being hot again. That's just a reminder for me right there. I was like, this is the most miserable hot I've ever had. Why don't I take a picture of it? So there it is. Okay, so we go out in the jungle. You know, why not? So we're ferreting out Bible studies. Uh, this is a family. The husband is away for a week working uh, in lumber. They, cut, uh, they do a lot of deforestation out there in Guyana. And uh, he's out working to make money. This is about the most humble situation we saw. Their roof is covered with tarps. And this is their living situation. Living here right now with a husband away was a woman with two little bitty children. They're, they were little running around with no clothes on whatsoever. Of course, it's hot, you know, but uh, that's, that's their living situation. That family living in that home uh, makes you appreciate what you have. Uh, hey, let's keep going. Let's, let's find us a Bible study.
you guys, what you doing? Uh, this guy here on the bike, he was kind of giving us some direction about where to go next. Uh, stop, let's have a meal. There it is, the rice, the chickenish stuff. That looks like a fried pie, uh, but it's not. It's a meat-filled pie. And there you will recognize your watermelon. And then there's an orangey sort of drink. Uh, nighttime study, there's Danny Ramdahl. You see the black bags in the back? Those are packaged up bags for people in the village. They've got relief materials in them. Some of the glasses that I carried with me, some of you donated, they went into those bags along with personal hygiene items and so forth. They gave to basically every home in that village. Uh, this is the same young man that had been baptized the night before. They're presenting him with a Bible and a certificate. Here is uh, our Tushao again. Here's our song leading. This is Sunday morning service. While you were having service here, we were having our service there. This uh, is Brian Hall. Brian Hall, actually, he came on the campaign, but he is stationed out of Kentucky, and all he does is get up Bible class materials and um, study materials for the work that's done in Guyana. He works primarily with the preaching school um, in Lethem. Uh, here is our Sunday morning service, lots of visitors and uh, community folks. Uh, there's Roger preaching that Sunday morning. Uh, we have these responses. The lady there uh, with the hat on, she's the oldest lady in the village. Her, her son is Derek, actually, who's the Tushau. Uh, this is Lord's Supper, just showing you kind of the service that was going on. And then, hallelujah, it rained. Not hallelujah. Because, you know, the mosquitoes weren't bothering us that much, living there on the river. This activates their murder buttons, and they just, wow. So thank you for the relief, but it just brought it crazy. So we're like, hey, you know, Ken, we, we've gone every direction. Wonder what's across the bridge over there. Let's go. So I'm okay. All right, JT, let's go. Here we go. Um, crossing the dark water. Looking back. Anybody know what that is? Well, I didn't hear. I heard a lot of responses. It has nothing to do with a bird. It is, okay, so when you're in the savanna, you have these six and seven foot tall termite mounds. When you're out here in the jungle, the termites go up into the trees like that. Wow. Uh, this is the house that was right across the river. Hey, we introduced ourselves. I actually had some tractors out there. He's a hardworking man. Had a great Bible study with him. He's married to the woman that he's with, which is, seems to be unusual there. Um, he had never, never, ever, studied, never even touched a Bible before. Really interested. Came to the conclusion that he and his life, wife were lost Right there's the water. See, here's water. What would hinder us to be baptized? Well, we just don't want to. Okay, really? Okay. But now they know they're lost. Way to go, Ken and JT. We told them. Okay, here is Danny again, uh, one of the preachers. And there is Derek. Uh, we had this young man to respond that night. I had preached that night with, uh, with uh, Danny. Uh, this is Brother Glenn. He is leading our singing. 
Um, this guy's name is Clinton. We call him Bill Clinton. He thinks that's pretty funny. Uh, here's JT. JT was the candy man for the children. They'd flock to him. He always had candy. Just JT's just great. Uh, see there? Uh, kids just always looking for him. In fact, he starts giving out candy. Guess what? The kids come out of the jungle from everywhere. Okay, this is the lady I was telling you about earlier. Uh, she is in a very fine house, has a store, uh, doesn't want anything to do with the church. Now, all of a sudden, she was interested in the Bible study. And turns out she had never been, she had been baptized. She had been baptized as a baby in the Anglican church. She came to the conclusion that that is not biblical baptism that she needs to be immersed in water for the forgiveness of her sins. She knew that she was lost in that situation, but her husband was around the corner there through the whole thing, and you could tell that she was terrified to make a move without his consent. And so we once again helped someone understand how lost they were and hopeless unless they obeyed the gospel, and she did not. All the, all the time that I'm studying with her, this bird's going, meh, 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 meh. I said, hey, shut up. The bird said, meh, meh, meh. So I shot him. You see, I shot him with the camera there. Um, this lady actually is with the, uh, they, they put a huge emphasis on health. She basically walks the entire village every day uh, looking to help folks. Uh, we're getting a Bible study with her. She promised to meet us over there at the rest building, but uh, that never materialized. So we're tracking through the jungle again, and we come to this house. This was a benevolence act. The man who lives here, his name is Hubert. He was injured in felling a tree, broke his back. He's paralyzed from the waist down. And I could not imagine living in this situation as he does. But there he is. He stays in that hammock, I assume, all day, every day. He has a daughter who lives with him, helps him move from the hammock to inside at night. We came, us gentlemen, we came to sing with him for about an hour. And there we are singing. You notice that we're sweating like what? But uh, there to encourage and comfort. Another nighttime scene, another response. Uh, another baptism. Now there were the workers over on the left. There is Simon Foster and then Clinton on the right. They teamed up and had the study with this young man who was baptized into Christ. This is Caro. He is doing our devotional in the morning. And then JT. Did you know JT is a terrific speaker? Um, I, I'd never heard JT public speak before, but it was, it was awesome. I told him afterward, I said, you, you should do this at Boonville. And he just, you know, he did it because they asked him to on this campaign, but he just was like, I am terrified to do that. I just, I stand up to speak. I can't even open my mouth to produce words. That's how he was putting it. But he did an amazing job for our devotional that morning. Very touching uh, illustration he used there. There is a school in the middle of the village there that we visited and encouraged some of the teachers there. They, a lot of them were coming to our campaign. There's the church building again. This is kind of a look around the village. Okay, there's the water. They drink that water. They wash in that water. They wash their clothes in that water. It is just like tea. It is clean. 
but it is stained by the vegetation that dies off in that water. It's basically light. And, and given that it's 90 degrees all the time, uh, it just heats it up and it, it does this. It doesn't smell. It's just, it's just dark water. Just dark water. I just thought that was fascinating. Uh, here's JT speaking with our cook there. There's one of our meals. See, we had the worms that night and then the... Uh, no, you caught it. No, it's noodles. I guess it was noodles. Um, I didn't take this picture to pick on JT. I took this picture because I was still awake, able to take a picture. I mean, this is at the end of our campaign. We are flat out exhausted. And you sit down for five minutes, you can't even hardly hold your head up. Look here, here's our campaign leader. So that's what we got going on. Uh, we are exhausted. Uh, and you know, our, here are nighttime. We finally, the last night, get the lights to really work great. We had to generate, had to use generators because they only have power like four hours a day. So we were able to get lights on for the campaign at night. And sitting on those nice padded pews is amazing for two hours every night. Love it. Love it. Uh, there's Roger giving the final presentation. Uh, here were two men who responded that night. I led the singing that night. Here's our campaign group uh, as we're gathered together, kind of giving our, that's Jennifer there on the right, uh, kind of giving our uh, well wishes to each other. We're loading up on the boat. We're getting ready to take off. See you guys later. Uh, it's been great. It's been fun. There's some of the villagers to send us off and bid us farewell. And there you go. There's your sunset. Okay. Uh, Jeremy, can you access these last two slides to play those videos? This first, this first one is Danny Ramdahl. Uh, hope you guys are doing well. I am Brother Danny Ramdahl, uh, the minister of the Waya Carpet Church of Christ. I am married. We have three kids myself and my wife. My wife's name is Colleen Kadesi Ramdayal. My elder son, Jonathan Ramdayal. My daughter, only daughter is Jessica Ramdayal and my baby son, Jason. I've been preaching there for over a decade since I finished, since I graduated from Bible school in 2008. And then I was appointed the 1st of February, 2009 as a full-time minister there and I've been preaching ever since. Uh, I am very happy to be there and uh, willing to work with the church as I am doing. Uh, just to update you as to what is going on there, uh, we are <clears throat> meeting on Sunday at from 9 to 10 or Sunday school children. And then we have adult Bible class from uh, 9 to 10 and then we have worship from 10 to 11. And then uh, we have other ministries going on. We have the ladies' ministries, we have men's ministries, Sunday school ministries. And because of COVID, uh, well, all the restrictions have lifted now and so that we can be able to go back to Wednesday. Wednesday evening service, which we are anticipating to start very, very soon. Uh, I am happy to let you know and give you the update there. Our attendance, well, on, on paper, we have over 50 members, started from like six to eight when it was started here. So we, on paper, on the church register, we have like over 50 and at present now we have like our average attendance per month, like four to five, four to six around there. 
uh, the church is going good and I really appreciate your prayer and thank you for allowing me the privilege to lead the church there. Thank you very much and I look forward to your support, brother. Uh, I mentioned to you that uh, Danny has a stage four kidney failure. Uh, JT and I both had some funds that some of you members gave us. We helped him out a little bit, but he's going to have some ongoing issues. Uh, the next one, this is Glenn Brown. Glenn Brown is, oops, is also one of the men that we support. My name is Glenn Brown, original, originally from Charlton, but I live in Latham. Latham and I, I preached 10 years in a, a village called Nafi. Um, since January this 2022, we had a switch and I was put in, in another village called Sand Creek. So from, from January, I start working and the people were there, it, the church was very down. Um, it was said every Sunday, every Sunday, three, four or five people attended the church service. But since I went there, the first preaching I did was 17 people came out. And the second Sunday, 27 and the third son at 30 and so on it goes i was so grateful that they came out i also did the evangelizing over there and also i invite non-christians as long as on the road or on the way i encourage them about the word of god so i'm very happy i'm very happy and willing to work in that way so my dear brothers, sisters in Bonneville, I'm so happy that the support that has been given by you, I'm grateful for it, and I say thank you so much for it also, and I continue to do the good work of the Lord. Thank you. Did, did you notice that when Glenn's section started, his shirt was completely dry? I've never seen any of them ever sweat. By the time, this was a three-minute video. By the time the video was done, he is drenched in sweat. He said, you know, this is the first time I ever did a video. <laughs> I said, you don't say, really? Okay, well, this was a tremendous trip. Uh, we just, we stayed busy doing Bible studies the entire time that we were there. It was encouraging, it was discouraging all at the same time. But thank you so much for the support that you gave that allowed us to go and be on the field with this work, to meet with two of the men that we support here, and thank you for the encouragement that you give to all of our missionaries. We're going to have a prayer, and then we'll be dismissed. Father, thank you so much for the blessing of this day, and thank you for the time we could spend just reviewing the events that took place just a month ago. We pray, Father, that you'll bless the work that's done in Guyana Thank you for the privilege that we have to be participants in it. And thank you that even though JT and I were on the ground there, that all of us together made that trip possible. And thank you for all of the seed planting that was done, for the people who were restored to your body, for the baptisms that took place. And we pray, Father, that 
much good will continue to be done in that village and other places throughout Guyana. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege it is to serve in every capacity. Bless us as we go home this evening and keep us safe. And if you'll bless us with a new day, I pray, Father, we'll use it to your name's honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> Thank you, Jeremy and guys.